and this guy breaks out a bag of pistachios that he brought from home. Nobody gives a shit, comic boy. G-strings so far up ass cracks that you dirt rubbing against their esophagus. We're getting better. We're getting better. We're men. It's action figures. Dolls are for girls. Movie freaks. What? Weirdness and hell and demons. And it's like, yeah! I'm a survivalist. Movie freaks. Hey. I literally, I, I came back from, like taking a massive piss and I'm like oh and then now they're not on Skype I'm like yeah, I'll watch them being goofy and wanting to you know oh, we're right <laughs> off camera like oh no you're actually you guys were actually legit busy oh no I I told Steven he's going to piss and I'm going to do the same so just let this call ferment and, and yeah. buffer and, and, and I went did. to get a mug of water so so you shall be pissing later yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comes full circle. There we go. Uh. I'm watching my kids outside. Um, they're like my youngest sits on a tricycle, and my oldest pushes them around our cul-de-sac. And our neighbors literally just moved in, and he drives a BMW. And he's their, their garage is full, so he parks on the cul-de-sac by their house. And my my kids are just I I, I already yelled at them earlier today, or earlier this evening, and they like to go push each other around the cul-de-sac and get real close to his car. I'm like. If you guys get close to his car, if you scratch his car, I, I swear, I'm going to take their Nintendo Switch and I'm going to lob it into the closest dumpster. Then I'm going to take their tricycle. No, 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 You're giving it to me. No. <laughs> For safekeeping. And then that tricycle is going to the nearest trash compactor. And then they're going to be like grounded for like the rest of the school year or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, I, 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 I'm seeing them outside. I'm like, I, I just told you guys, knock that shit off. But. Oh, that's, ah. how my, my, that's how my boys are, too, every two seconds. Holden goes running outside to play and runs just not blindly into the road. And I'm like, stop! What are you doing? Get back here! I'm, like, waving. And he just stands in the middle of the road staring at me like, huh? Yep. It's, and as the single uh, guy with no kids, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, so. Yeah. yeah. It seems like I have none of these problems. <laughs> Well, this will all get cut because otherwise the first ten minutes of every episode will be us bitching about the kids. And, you know, I started off with the tail end of it. Oh, kids bitch and freaks. <laughs> yep. Uh, how's it going, guys? Steven, how are you? Uh, tired. I didn't sleep very well and last night and then busy day at work, so I'm tired and not well prepared with notes at all, so... You'll have the same quality from me as always, I suppose. <laughs> no, you'll fit right in with us, with the who are up half the yeah. night with kids and uh, barely get some chicken scratching done before the show starts. It was one of those nights. You, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning, and then of course you can't go back to sleep. Then you just I sit on my iPad for a while, and then it's like four thirty. You fall back asleep for a couple hours, and then there you go. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I had uh, mass text from my boss. Oh, company-wide meeting. 5.30 a.m. Oh. Uh, oh, wait, tomorrow? No, 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 no. I don't want to say when it is, but it's not for a while yet. Okay. But it was like, and and it's at least 40 minutes away from here, from where I am. So I'm like, good! I'm gonna get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh. Oh, well. I don't think those, those don't happen too often, so whatever. 
other than that, not too bad. Pretty decent day, other than uh, dentist appointment. That's always a joy. Mm. Hey, hey. <laughs> Eugene, how are you? Oh, good. I'm... Uh... I, I'm, I'm distracted and I, by the kids. I'm, I'm, I can feel uh, anger in me. I'm just watching them. I'm like, you get the fuck away from his car. And they're not. I'm like, uh, just about time for dad to go out there and lay the smack down. But anyway, do you want to do that? I'm doing great. Do you want to do one more round of that before the show starts? We can do that. Now, how many neighbors do you have? One neighbor now, officially? One. Or? We've got, one? yeah, we have one neighbor and they're nice people, but it's like, doesn't matter what quality car it is. It just, just don't drive the tricycle like a, a foot away from his uh, kids. <laughs> it's all right. Go yell at him. Yeah, uh, it'll make me feel better if you go yell at him. Well, no, I mean I'm, I'm texting my wife, and so then oh. I, and then I see my wife, and I, I can't hear what's going on, but I can see her and him having an argument, and I'm like, just anyway, yeah. <laughs> I do things differently because yeah, I, I understand. It's anyway, fine. but yeah, I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm excited. Right after the show. Um, last night was my wife's birthday. Yesterday was my wife's birthday. So her and I watched a movie and tonight it's reanimator time. I'm like, I'm like, I'm giddy to watch reanimator all day long. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch reanimator tonight. And it's, it's, I feel like I'm going to a rock concert. <laughs> or so, maybe spend your evening with the insurance guy because your kid ran my kid scratched car. up the car. <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, that's that's me. So it's yeah, fifty fifty. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, but uh, I hope to get to Reanimator again in October. I I said that last year and I never got around to it. I've actually I think I've only watched that movie once. I have that Anchor Bay special edition DVD, mm. blah blah blah. But I think I've only watched it one time, and I n- nothing against the movie. I just have never got around to rewatching it. I well, supposedly the version that I I have now, actually, Steve uh, and I watched. Uh, a Blu-ray release of it yeah, your uh, a place. while ago. Yeah, and I just, uh, I had found out that there's now an inter- integral cut of the movie, which they took all of the scenes that, because the movie is so incredibly gory and there's a lot of nudity in it, all of that had the jettison for the TV airings way back in the day, so they refilmed stuff, like more character development stuff, to make the movie, you know, a regular runtime, and then they that's what they aired on TV. So they've gone and compiled like all of the, and the R-rated stuff has, R-rated cut has different footage as well. So there's three different cuts of this movie. And so they just mushed them all together into this integral cut that's like an hour and 45 minutes. And I'm like, I get to watch 20 minutes of more Reanimator and I can't wait. Because anything, any more Herbert West and I'm happy. <laughs> Herbert West is awesome. So bring it on. That's all me tonight. Well, I'm interested to hear your review of that because, I mean, you're assuming it's Herbert West. What if it's just filler nonsense? Like, it's, uh, oh, it's probably going to be filler nonsense, but there's so few characters in the movie that it's going to be probably Herbert West and the creepy old weird guy that gets his head lopped off by the shovel and, ah, <laughs> uh, brains and good times. That was a good movie. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that was, that was fun. What was our double header on that one, Steve? Do you remember we watched Reanimator uh, and... It wasn't Sleepaway Camp, was it? No, it wasn't Demons. No. I I would have to go back and look at my log here. Let me see. What year was Reanimator? I'll look it up that while you guys re- keep going on this okay. stuff here. But. Reanimator was 85, I think. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that was uh, Lost Boys Night or Demons or Sleepaway Camp, Hatchet, Suspir- maybe it was Suspiria. Oh, I'm sure our listeners are like, oh, please, 
Continue. Yeah. Hey, what did you think of that new Suspiria trailer? Yo, I think it looks so awesome. I think it looks awesome. That has awesome. some real potential, man. Yeah, it I'm does. trying not to get too excited. It, it, it seems like everybody's all gung-ho about the new Halloween movie, and... Brad, the, I was the, just gonna ask you that. The second trailer, it's good, um, but I... Maybe I've just seen too many Halloween movies, and I'm like, ah, okay, I'll watch it, but... Maybe I just don't give a shit about Laurie Strode being all Arnold. Yeah. Like... I've been waiting for this. Bring it on, racks of guns. It's like, eh, okay. All right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they they do away with everything after the first one, because I thought that kind of H2O kind of took care of that. There we go. But if it makes money, all right. Have the last few? Um, Zombies did. Yeah, Rob Zombies, especially that his first one made a ton of bank. The second one did okay. Yeah. Okay, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, Merrick. We've got Stephen with us and Eugene, as always. Um, Stephen, do you have that information yet? Still looking. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Stephen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go on to the movie roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And Stephen... Being the guest, you get to go first, sir. What did you bring from the roulette? I I didn't watch anything new. It was from a couple weeks ago, and I, I did post on the Facebook page kind of my thoughts on two movies that I watched, uh, Extinction and also Mojave. We'll start with the good. Extinction. I, I give that one a thumbs up. I thought that... Kind of like the way... I, I Like I said, I pretty much mirror your review, Eric. Um... It's kind of a slow story. It takes a while to get up, uh, you know, to kind of get going. But once the twists start to happen, that's when the movie really gets interesting. And, you know, it's probably not one that you'd revisit a lot just because, for me anyways, it's so much is built off of those those twists. And once you know what's happening, there's not much else right. in the movie that would bring me back to it. Um, but... Definitely, for that one time through, it's definitely worth a watch just to see those twists and everything. And the acting, kind of like what you had said, kind of the way it was acted, it kind of makes sense once you figure out some of the twists that are happening. Um, so, yeah, I, not a huge thumbs up, but I would I would give it a solid thumbs up. Definitely worth a watch. Um, some some of the special effects were a little bit shaky. I, like I mentioned, that at the end, when that train was driving away, I mean, that was borderline PlayStation 2 graphics when the train was going and, you know, it was some stuff was happening in the background and whatnot. But, no, it was it was enjoyable. I definitely give it a thumbs up. Um, definitely worth a watch. So, um, I don't know if you want to add anything to that. Well, I also said in that review that it totally would fit in a couple of other sci-fi movie worlds, but I don't want to say what those are because it'll give away too much about the movie. Yeah. I'm sure there were a couple of those movies that came to mind. Yeah. They were fairly obvious, in my yeah. opinion. Um, so that's the good. Now let's go on to the bad. And and I don't, I don't know why. This is the second time, Eugene, that you gave a movie a really bad review. The other one was They Look Like People. You remember that one? It, I hated that movie. <laughs> hated it. And, and for some reason, I watched it. And I was like, I echoed your review. I was like, why did I watch that? I, I, I don't know. I was trying to... <laughs> I don't You hated it, so I watched it. And I, you know, and the same thing happened here with Mojave. You didn't like it. And I, I, for some reason, I had to watch it. 
But <laughs> and I echo your review as well. I because like you said, the stuff that happens in uh, you know you got um oh what's his name Oscar Isaac and Garrett Hedlund or whatever. They kind of meet up in the desert. The Oscar Isaac guy and they, they, whatever they meet up in the desert and. The one, the Garrett guy, he's like a famous actor and whatnot. You kind of find out later on, and he's kind of going through, you know, not midlife crisis, but just kind of, you know, life mm-hmm. stuff, and whatnot. So they meet out there, and some stuff happens, and all that's kind of interesting. But then something happens in the desert, and Oscar Isaac, this kind of weird drifter guy, follows him back into the city and basically just stalks him and tries to make his life miserable and basically just ruin his life. The more it went on, the worse it got. That the Oscar Isaac character. I am a huge Oscar Isaac fan, but that has to be the worst performance I've ever <laughs> seen from him. He said the word brother. I kid you not. Every like every sentence, it was brother this, brother that. I, mm-hmm. I he became one of the most annoying characters I've ever seen on screen. I hated him. In the last episode where you guys were talking about uh, a character that gets their comeuppance, I thought of this guy because it, it was just fresh <laughs> in my memory. I was like, I hate this guy so much. And finally at the end, when he gets what's coming to him, I'm just like, I'm so glad you're just dead and gone. I just, uh, so for about the first third, it's a good movie. And then it just gets annoying beyond bear and just brother, what a, uh, just, uh. So, <laughs> so Eric, you need to watch it. It's, it's, it's... No, I'm good. What I, that's, what that's... I learned is the next time Eugene gives a roulette, a terrible review, I'm just, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to say pass and be done with it. I've <laughs> twice is enough. So I'm, I now, I'm assuming, I'm assuming Steve, you did not watch that uh, Day of the Dead movie. Uh, I don't remember that, so I'm guessing not. Oh, I dare you to watch that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My my ears, you kind of sound like Eugene when he says, "I will never trust a horror review from this horror website uh. ever again." <laughs> orders the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother, brother! I swear, brother. Every other word out of his mouth is brother, brother. I just shut. Uh, yeah. So I pass. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go next. Bomb City, and this is going to be one of the weirder reviews I've ever done for the show, I think. Uh, and I'm going to try and keep a little bit of brevity to it, but it's going to be difficult for me to do because I have a lot of feelings about this movie. Uh, and I'm not giving you the synopsis up front like I normally do uh, for reasons. We'll get to that. Bomb City. Oh, this is hard. The, this movie was shot extremely well. This, the audio in this movie, both the, like the score and the audio work itself was excellent. Uh, the direction in this movie was excellent. The acting in this movie was excellent. On every technical level, this movie is excellent. The editing is excellent because it, it goes, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, all of that stuff is tops. Excellent. I have no complaints on any of that whatsoever. So on that alone, you guys should give this movie a watch. And I honestly, as it was wrapping up today, I finished it up about an hour before the show started. I uh, I think both of you should watch that movie. And there's a good chance that we might uh, not see eye to eye on it. I have no idea where you come out on it. All of that positive being said, I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> and I mean, I fucking hated this movie. And I had, uh, one of our listeners, uh, one of our buddies, Kevin, was, was messaging me saying, wow, you picked that, it's a gem in the rough and yada yada. And 
Kev, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about this movie. But this subject matter affected me personally. Uh, the film, here's the synopsis, is based on the death of a guy in the movie, I don't want to say who, the homicide that revealed the cultural clash between the local jocks and the punk community in Amarillo, Texas. And the result from the subsequent court case sparked debate over injustice in the American judicial system. The title of the film is a reference to one of the nicknames of the town of Amarillo for the nuclear weapons, for their nuclear weapons facilities. So what you have is you have uh, a task. I don't know how big Amarillo is, but the way it was portrayed in here was very reminiscent of small town Ohio, which I grew up in. And in this uh, town, I don't think Amarillo is that small, but uh, you have punks. Like, I mean, the people are in punk music and mohawks and, and studded jackets and all that shit. And you have jocks. And I'm talking the football team of the high school. We're talking high school and just just out of high school, maybe. And, uh, they clash from time to time, but it's nothing, anything really too major. Uh, this is also intercut with a court case that is going on that is obviously in the future after whatever clash is to come. And, dude, um, (laughs) the, the, here's a, here's a fine example of how most of this movie is. They're, the, the punks were partying, like, having some drinks and smoking some weed and whatnot in, like, their building. And three do- three cop cars roll up and a dozen cops get out and kick their door down and drag them all out, noise complaint, arrest them all, take them all to jail. Okay? Meanwhile, on the other side of town, in a field, the jocks and all the football players are having a giant bonfire and getting annihilated and partying crazy, too. And one cop rolls up there and says, hey, guys getting kind of loud, so it's kind of time to get home, um, get home safe. Shit like that, where you're like, it's so not fair how the one group is treated and how the other group is treated. And I ran into some of that with just being a skateboarder in this podunk little town. There was one time we were skating in an abandoned parking lot, and a cop that was driving around that had nothing to do with anything, we weren't disturbing anybody... Uh, he just saw us skateboarding and it pissed him off. So he quickly whipped it into the parking lot and he did so, so fast that my buddy couldn't stop in time and actually ended up on the hood of the cop car, (sighs) jumped out of the car, yelled at us, told us to get the F out of there. I don't know why I'm editing myself now because I'm angry, (laughs) but, uh, and we're not allowed to be there and then just took off. Like, had no right to do that. We got hassled by cops all the time for that kind of stuff, even when we had permission to be at the places we were at. But I also personally knew of people that got off of drunk driving, just get home safe, because they're on the basketball team. Mm-hmm. This movie was a grueling experience for me to get through, and it just felt eternal and endless, and it's just, but it, it's a personal thing with me. And the fact that this is based on a true story, did not improve it. That, that did not help at all. Because I I understand this shit is real. This is very real. And as I it was building to what I just inevitably knew was coming, it just was harder and harder and harder to watch. Uh, I give tons of credit to the filmmakers. I mean, the writing and everything is like, I don't have any problems with any of the things. And it's, it's not like, oh, they should have wrote it better. No, no. This is just too real for me. And I... I I hated it, but I think that you guys should watch it because my issues with it might just be mine, and you guys might totally enjoy this film, 
you're not going to have any complaints about the filmmaking. I'll tell you that right now. I highly doubt that. That stuff was all top-notch. Just for me, on a personal level, one and way fucking done. Uh, okay. But, uh, yeah. I would really like to hear your guys' thoughts on it eventually. Uh, Eugene, take us over to something equally as dreadfully serious and... <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. Actually, I, I will say I was, because we messaged just a little bit, and so I was, I got kind of a vibe, but I was like, oh, great. This is, you know, it's one of these Netflix duds that is, you know, awfully made on every single level. But it's, so it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's actually a very well-made movie and, like, well acted. It's just the subject matter affected you. It wasn't like you watched it. It is so hard for movie. me to review that movie, and I don't know what score I'm going to give it eventually, like on Letterboxd. I, I don't know yeah. what I'm going to do, because uh, everything is fine. It's just me. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway. There you go, Bomb City. Okay. On my end, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Uh, this is a post-apocalyptic movie where these three ladies are trapped, uh, captured by Overdog, played, played by, uh, <laughs> played by Michael Ironside, um, and Molly Ringwald and Peter Strauss, uh, aka Wolf, are, are out to rescue them, and Ernie Hudson drives a big semi-type tank thing, whatever. Um... You know, from the as soon as the movie started, I'm like, ah, here we go. Nah, here we go. Like, outer spacey stuff. And then we settled into Mad Max territory. Lower end Mad Max territory. I'm like, I'm okay with that because, you know, I like my... All my Italian schlock with, you know, leather and driving around in these hilarious looking cars souped up. And I was expecting that. And I should have done a little bit more research because this is rated PG. And I wanted Italian. I did not want PG at all. And the whole way, I'm like, let's go, Molly Ringwald, take your clothes, do something, take your clothes off. Or, like, at least one of these three girls, let's get Overdog to eat, at least eat one of the girls. One of the three. I told you this wasn't a gory thing. Ah, I know. (laughs) But just the whole way through, I'm like, oh, there's, because it has potential. It's just, I'm like, oh, this would be great as an R-rated schlockfest. Instead, it's a PG-rated schlockfest. And I'm like, <laughs> There was some uh, sexually risque things for PG, though. Yeah, I guess they tossed uh, Ring- Molly Ringwald had to get bathed in some little pond by wolf <laughs> oh, those, dude. Th- those one women wanted to keep him as a breeder. He's a breeder. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. But eh, it was it wasn't, right. aw- it wasn't awful. I just um, and Molly Ring Molly Ringwald was just annoying. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. no. Having said that, oh no, I'll give you that. Take her out of the picture and put an equally annoying Italian uh, lady from back in the day. And I would, oh, it's fine. She's great. So it's just me. It's <laughs> uh, and I'll actually I'm going to review a movie later tonight. Uh, Women in Prison movie that was it's an American produced movie, and I'm like. Well, I don't want to get into that review now, but something about those Italians back in the day. It's just, that's my sweet spot. That's that, that <laughs> yummy, yummy pasta. Mm. But Space Hunter, meh. <laughs> oh, fair enough. All right, next round. Uh, unless anybody has anything else to add to those. It sounds like we had about the same review. It's all perfect on technical levels. They just didn't click with us personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you did get what I was talking about, though, like a, a big-budget Corman. 
Yeah, like, oh, especially yeah, totally. In the yeah, yeah. I, I, seriously, if they would have kept going with that beginning, like I'm like, God, oh, these, these are cool A's special effects in outer space. And even then, when we got to the post-apocalyptic stuff, I'm like, all right, so that's it's going to be one of these movies. But I mean, I'm, he had a sex robot in the beginning too. Yeah, but I wanted to see some breeding. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just way more. It was way just more way too way too soft core. <laughs> it is, yeah. Ernie Hudson, he was good, but they're they're comical back and forth. It needed it needed more sleeves. I just I'm, okay. it needed more sleeves. <laughs> I I can't really argue with that. I haven't seen it in years. I got to go watch it again. But yeah. <laughs> I've seen. Trust me though, I've seen way 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 worse on the roulette. I would watch this five times in a row over one time watching. Mojave. Uh, Mojave <laughs> or Day of the Dead or any other number of zero-star garbage that we watch on a monthly, weekly basis. Maybe maybe a commentary track from us, huh? huh? Hmm? That go. that could possibly, yeah, make me... Ing- now, also, I did realize, uh, or I did find out, Space Hunter was actually a 3D movie in the theaters. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that's kind of cool. That, now, in the outer space stuff would have been cool. I'm not quite sure how that would have worked with the post-apocalyptic desert stuff, but... I'm sure we'll get your review when they release it. On oh, Blu-ray. I'm positive. Yes, all for the low, low price of twenty nine ninety five from Arrow or whatever. Over God, shipped, shipped from Europe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's hustle through this. We're getting on in time. Uh, next round for you coming your way. First up is the Deck Collector, a broke mar- martial artist instructor takes a side gig with a mobster who pairs him with a blah 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 blah. blah who gives a shit, Scott Atkins? Um. A perfect day. This one has been on a couple of times before, and I'm stalling to find the stupid frickin'... There it is. During the Yugoslav Wars, three helpless, hapless aid workers head out to dislodge a corpse tainting a village's water. The day goes a bit south from there. Benicio del Toro, Tim Robbins, Olga Kurilenko. And lastly, the Maus? Maus? While traveling with her German boyfriend, Selma is confronted by the violent remnants of the Bosnian War and the ethnic cleansing her family faced. And I watched this trailer, which is why I'm throwing it back your way. I know it's been ping-ponging back and forth a little bit, but the trailer was like, oh, that might have Eugene written all over it. Uh, There you go. Okay, heading your way. First up is Orbiter 9 from 2017. It's an hour and 35 minutes. A girl discovers that the reality of her life isn't as she believes. And I believe... This is a Spanish movie, um, and I'm I'm assuming that it's probably subtitled. And I again, because it's roulette, I feel that I should at least point that out. Um, it's all good. So there's that. Um, hold on here. Next up is Son of a Gun. Ewan McGregor uh, stars in this movie. Uh, J.R. busts out of prison. With Brennan Lynch, Australia's most notorious criminal, and joins Lynch's gang for a gold heist that soon pits the two men against one another. Uh, hour and 48 minutes. And, I mean, there's some star talent there, so there's that. And last but not least is Battle Drone from 2018. Expendables meets the A-Team in this full-throttle action film where a group of skilled mercenaries find themselves betrayed by the U.S. government and are forced to fight their way out of an ambush by a new and lethal team of human droids. Okay, I feel like I kind of went safe pick last week, and I am ready for something light, even if it is terrible. So I will take Battle Drone. Okay. And um, you know what? Scott Atkins wins the day for me. Really? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm in the mood for a Scott. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the mood for one of his movies for a Scott, Scott Atkins movie. I, the last one I watched, I think the movie was okay, but he was, of course, really good in it. And so this, this will fill that Netflix original action itch that I don't really have. <laughs> is it a Netflix original? I don't think it is. Oh, not me, not Netflix original, but one of those oh. that just you never heard of before, and then it just. Boop, on Netflix. Yeah, but he, man, he has a good track record with us, though. He does. Even the movies that aren't that great, I still kind of enjoy just because he's he's really good in them. Yep, I agree. And then my last, I I don't have any complaints. Last few I've taken from him have been solid. Okay, there you go. Next episode will be Battle Drone up against the Debt Collector, and with that we move on to the Rabbit Trail. And Stephen, you're up first. Did you bring anything fun? Wow, Steve, wow. <laughs> no kids and no excuses. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> you guys Ooh. go first. I'll finish. Oh, viciously uh, Googling up some Joe Blow oh, stories. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I've got something light. I don't. I, I just want to get your guys' reaction to this. It's probably not, You guys will probably be like, nobody gives a shit, comic boy. But... Uh, yeah, maybe it's something. Uh, so DC Universe Online, they they just launched this online service. Like everybody else, you can pay eight ninety nine or whatever the hell and uh, get all of DC material uh, available at your fingertips. But that also comes with some original programming. Have you guys heard any of this before? Okay. Is this I a have t- not. Teen Titans? Is that going to be on there? That's one of them, but that's okay. not the one that I was bringing today. Uh there's been some movement on Doom Patrol and a Swamp Thing show. On Doom Patrol, they've so far, they've cast, mo- well, most everybody, but the names that are most notable were Brendan Fraser, Alan Tudyk, and then this li- this week they cast Timothy Dalton. So, I mean, that's some pretty decent heavyweight names for a service I'm not going to pay for, but will buy the series whenever it comes out on DVD. Uh, so I wanted to get your opinion on that, and there's also a Swamp Thing show that they're kicking up, a live-action one. James Wan is overseeing the project. They've said it's going to be a hard R series, and they just uh, picked a director for the pilot in Len Wiseman. No kidding. Ooh. Huh. So He's the Die Hard guy, right? Die Hard 4. So, that last uh, Die Hard one. Underworld guy. Yeah. So, any thoughts at all on that? Um, I don't know I think much that's about cool. it. I think that's cool. I had heard a little bit, of, I guess, about the DC channel, whatever, just because of Teen Titans, because my youngest really likes Teen Titans. So, that's about all I've heard. But a whole, the whole Swamp Thing uh, stuff, I had no idea about that. That's awesome. I mean, the, I, I've only watched the first Swamp Thing movie. Uh, there, I think there was a sequel to it, but the Wes Craven one from back in the early 80s, 82, I believe, and... I remember uh, it's kind of sort of liking it mainly because Adrian Barbo or Barbo is in it, and she is awesome. That might be a Corman production, if I'm not mistaken. It, yeah, there's a good chance. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It feels like it, uh, but um, well, well, those movies were shit. But uh, I've got a couple of comic books for you to read. Nothing heavy, mm-hmm. but he's uh, that's what got me into Swamp Thing. Was uh, it was one of the annuals. It's amazing. He literally like goes to hell with Etrigan the Demon, and it's insane. Batman shows up. It's it's amazing. Great writing. And it's so good. It, it, but that's what kind of got me into the Swamp Thing books. So I'm really looking forward to I mean, everything that they're saying sounds the way I picture a Swamp Thing 
uh, show. Hard R, James Wan, History of Horror, mm-hmm. you know. Hell yeah, bring it on. Yeah, me too. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't have a lot of history with the Swamp. Like, I know what it is and everything, but if they're going to do it, I'm always for make it R and gritty and bloody and stuff, especially material that needs to be like that. Again, I don't have a large history with it, but I assume that's the way it should be seen. So I'm like, it yeah, is. That, that sounds good to me. It's all, it's all like supernaturally shit. And he's part of the justice league dark crew. Remember that anime that mm-hmm. I reviewed, yeah. um, with Constantine and, uh, I said Etrigan, the demon and Batman's in there. And, oh, there's a couple other people that, um, Zatanna, all dark arts, magic-y weirdness, and hell, and demons, and it's like, yeah, fucking Justice League metal. <laughs> uh, Doom Patrol, though, I don't really know anything about Doom Patrol at all. I've never read one of those books, but I- I'm interested just because that cast, holy shit. Yeah. I wonder what the budgets are going to be for these. I mean, you, I, I know that the movies are not well-loved, but they still, for the most part, bring in a lot of bank. At least Wonder Woman, well, Wonder Woman was, that was hugely popular, but, like, I know that uh, the latest, uh, uh, well, Suicide Squad did really, really good, and then, um, I'm just, John, completely drawing a blank. Uh, the Justice last, League. Yeah, was it kind of, sort of, meh, as far yeah. as, yeah. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious, are they going to do a Marvel and just, like, sink a ton of money into this, or is this going to be kind of lower-budgety sci-fi original type stuff? You'd think no with... I- with kind of doubt that James with Wong. that cast. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of doubt that with the cast and the people running it. And you got to remember, too, their uh, TV shows are doing gangbusters. Yeah, that's true. With uh, The Flash and The Arrow and all that. The whole CW network should just be renamed DC. I almost hit play on The Flash the other day, but it. I know there's so many episodes, and I'm like, if it's good, it's just going to just hours upon hours upon hours and i'm just like here's the nice thing steven here's the nice thing with the flash or or all that shit most of it you don't have to dive onto to understand for the most part what's going on but you should that did you watch dexter no i did not damn it i'm trying to find another comparison (laughs) uh because the first season of the flash is almost like one perfect giant movie and it's the same way with Dexter. The first season of Dexter is just flawless. And then everything is questionable after that. But mm. uh, you should absolutely hit play on the on the first season of The Flash. It is phenomenal. That last episode, that season ender, wow, what a great, great show. And speaking of comic books here, um, I still want to watch Jessica Jones, because you told me that's one I should watch. And that one is it's shorter, so it's going to be quicker to get through. So that one, I just, I keep pushing it back, but eventually I will watch that. That is some dark-ass hard-R material there. That 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 entire show is all about... Uh, uh, how do I put it? Well, the villain in it is, is a, a guy that can mind control. Anything he asks yeah. you to do, you have to do. So there are sexual overtones that are crazy in that show. It's... Oh, that was... That was a good one, but not Eugene, but yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, did you guys see the trailer for Daredevil Season 3? There, there was a teaser they put out for that. That's coming real soon. Now that I, I will watch that one. As a guy as the guy who didn't make it through Daredevil Season 1, I flew under my radar. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You're, <laughs> you're one of those. <laughs> I think you'll like The Flash, though. It's more lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. 
Hey, if you're looking for dark and gritty in a comic book show, The Punisher is all about them, that gore. Yeah. And you're all bored to tears. So let's move on to somebody else who brought another topic. I thought of one, by the way. <laughs> all right. Just in the nick <laughs> of time. Um, the, the Oscars introducing, I think, like, a few different things, but the main one, they're creating a new category called Outstanding Popular Film. Um, I think the award has already gone to Black Panther, but um, what do you guys think of the Academy Award, you know, the, the most prestigious award show out there coming out with Outstanding Popular Film category? I uh, think it's dumb as hell. I was going to say, I'm right there with you. I'm like, yeah, that seems MTV Movie Awards-ish. And also, the good news is that they listened to the backlash on that, and they put it on hold. Mm. Oh, did they? Yeah. Okay. So. Because my opinion is, it's kind of insulting to the film that they, whatever gets it. Because it's like, you're not quite good enough to get the main award, but here's something. Yeah. So you're insulting the film you give it to, and then at the same time, you're kind of insulting the the other films of the Oscars who are like, you know, the more prestigious films or whatever. So I just, I don't think anyone really wins. And if they are putting it on hold, that's good. Um, I just kind of quickly thought of that and threw it out there. So I'm glad it's on hold, um, which I think is a good thing. Because, I, like I said, I don't think anyone wins with, with that award. So It isn't. It's a participation trophy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they have an awards show for it. It's it's the MTV Movie Awards. If that's even still a thing. Is that still a thing? Is I, it on? Yeah, I, I, yep, I, I think so. Yeah. Not that I watch it. No. Yeah. No, that's yeah, that that to me it seems very insulting. Like whatever actually does win the best picture, it's like, well, you're the artsy one or whatever, but the cool one, the Black Panther or whatever, that's you know uh, that's that's dumb. And, no. and just a desperate desperate attempt of trying to get more viewers to watch yeah. the show. Yeah, it's like if people that, who care about the Oscars care about the Oscars. Those who don't don't, yeah. and just yeah, don't. Let's not hand out a participation trophy. Yep. So. If that's the case, just nominate Black Panther for Best Picture of the Year or any number of those movies. Just like instead of that silly side award thing, just uh, just give them the nod. I don't whatever. Here's an idea. How about you fill out your uh, ten picks? I mean, yeah. <laughs> they don't even do that. You know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's ten slots, but ah, uh, just eight. Okay, but you get a, you get to go over here in the participation. Yeah, no, no, that's stupid. Okay, so do, I guess uh, mine would be: Did you did you guys see that Scream Factory is releasing a sixty five dollar uh, Silent Night Deadly Night Part Two collector's thing with with Ricky as a little Ricky action figure and. Uh, a poster that I'll be buying for $65? That's something. I, I thought I remembered you talking about that coming out before. Or maybe, maybe I'm confused about something else. But. No, I mean, they, it's getting the full-on collector's edition. <laughs> uh, and, I've, I mean, Billy is... He, he my... joked about it. That's what it was. He joked about oh, was it. it? <laughs> yes, he said, eventually they'll put this out with a stupid statue and my dumb ass will buy it. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> coming out this November or December. I'm like, oh, pre-ordered. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I'm like, oh, please don't be more than sixty five dollars. Which even just thinking that, I'm like sixty five dollars for a movie that is literally a piece of shit. But I, it's it's my piece. It's gonna be my piece of shit. And and it's funny because the Ricky the Ricky doll looks or the Ricky what what I don't know, what do you call these things action, action figure yeah, yeah action figure we're men it's action figures dolls are for girls yeah. Billy looks really good Billy's well done but Ricky looks like he's got this what. 
look on his face. Which, which I'm like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool because it almost is like, it's probably his garbage day face. <laughs> so, now, the only thing that I were, that I wish they would have done differently is, because the movie, like, he's only in a Santa suit for, the, like, the last five, ten minutes of the movie. It's like, he should have been in his really stupid-looking 80s sweater and jeans uh, and, like, his 80s hair. Like, that should have been the figure. That should have been the action figure, not him in the Santa suit. I bet we got Billy in the Santa suit. Let's do Ricky <laughs> in the 80s um, really awful-looking uh, zero-budget movie look. That I would have I would have maybe paid $100 for that. It's limited edition, folks, so get it while you can. Direct from Scream Factory. I really think all like all three of us should get one, right? Mm. Yeah. Yep. I can I borrow bucks, can I borrow your credit card? And I will definitely get one shipped to my house. Uh, <laughs> I'm Dude, I that. can bu- I can I can literally buy four thousand VHS tapes with that money. <laughs> Oh, but you're not going to have Ricky's puzzled, startled-looking action figure staring at you every night when you're sitting at your desk. You know, I can buy a GI Joe and a little, a little hot glue gun <laughs> and a, a little bit of tips from Pinterest, and I'll be good to go. Good to go. Yeah, I, the way Ricky looks, I don't know. GI Joe is probably a couple notches up from that. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, there's my. That's nothing. But there you go. I. Just... <laughs> No, you're good. I think it's hilarious that they're actually making a one for the part two, and especially with the statue and everything, because isn't that the one that's all cut together from other footage or something? No, the first, yeah, the first, I'd say half hour is compiled from footage from the first movie, but it, the movie is obviously, it's notorious for that. And supposedly, I never listened to it, but the audio commentary on the DVD is supposedly batshit crazy from the directors. It's supposedly just crazy. And I just, I don't listen to audio commentaries. I don't. I simply don't have the time. I'm too busy watching Italian women in prison movies and whatnot. <laughs> so, but supposedly that audio commentary is bonkers, and I really hope that like they get Ricky and Ricky Eric Freeman is the actor's name. Hope they get him and the directors in to just chime in and do interviews. And oh, I can't wait. Uh, just oh, watching Ricky laugh and laugh and overact and overact and dial the. Bad actor knob all the way up to 11 on high definition. I can't wait. <laughs> so, Steve, you're invited up to my house for uh, for maybe a doubleheader, a Silent Night 1 and 2. Oh, I see how that is. Okay. Oh, and you too. Hey. <laughs> well, that's a good segue because I finally found out uh, what we watched when, with Reanimator. The date that we watched that was 6-10-17, so over a year ago. Wow. And... That was the second of our double feature reanimator. The first movie we watched was Dead Birds. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Good movie. Oh, I love yeah. that movie. I don't know if that was the last time I was up at your place or not. I, I, I'm not sure. It's been so long. It's been a while. Yeah. Oh, good luck finding his new house. He doesn't live on the grid. So <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a survivalist. <laughs> he literally buried like three school buses, and that's where he lives now. It's just a manhole cover oh. in a field. <laughs> pallets of pallets of beefaroni on the stairs in my <laughs> kids in the cul-de-sac just wrecking into cars. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Oh, from Silent Night Deadly Night puppet dolls to bomb bunkers. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. still finding a way to order those things though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, are you guys ready to move on to recently watched? You just. <sighs> 
I think so. Yeah, my side hurts. Okay, Steven, you're up first. All right. Um, during my long time, or my little summer break that I had, I watched a bunch of movies, as you guys know, and some of the, the this first round, I guess I'll categorize as movies that I've wanted to watch for a long time, but I never have. So kind of, you know, the I'm so ashamed list of some, some things I've never seen. Number one, and I think you've talked about this one before, Eric, um, uh, 1975, Barry Lyndon, Stanley Kubrick oh. movie. And if memory serves, I don't think you were a huge fan of this I did one. not like not this sure. movie, no. I, I was very bored and confused and just... I, I Honestly, it's been so long now. Judas Priest. I think I lived in my first apartment when I watched that thing. It's been that long. So I maybe have a more familiarity with Kubrick's style now, so maybe I should give it another chance, but who knows. Yeah. The movie is three hours and five minutes, and I planned... The, the plan for me was to watch this thing... In like two sittings, but I hit play and it, it it's it's long, it's slow paced, but I got to tell you, I was never bored. I the whole story of the guy kind of just working his way from from nowhere from the bottom and kind of going into the military and just kind of rising up through the ranks and everything. Um, the the whole story was really interesting. It's shot beautifully. Just I don't know all the technical things that Kubrick did with it. But the way he shoots the film or the movie, it it looks like paintings. Like a lot of times they'll just like sit there for a long time and just the shots. It literally looks like a painting and then suddenly the actors will start moving and stuff. So it visually it's just very cool to look at. But it's long, it's slow, but I like I said, I was never bored. I had a great time with it. I um it's kind of surpassed my expectations because I honestly I was like, okay, this is gonna be boring. I'm going to break it up into two settings at least, and I just, one setting, no problem, all the awesome. way through. So, well, that's good big to hear. thumbs up for me. Yeah. That was my experience with Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. And my oh, first that, my first viewing of that was on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, uh, I'll do a double header here. The other side of Barry Lyndon, another one that I've wanted to watch forever, was Cinema Paradiso. Um Very similar view. It's also a long movie. This is an Italian movie where the... It's just about this little theater, you know, in the small town, and everyone goes there and watches movies and stuff. It's very artsy, and it, it's good, but it as it, it's long and slow, just like Barry Lyndon. But unlike Barry Lyndon, I was pretty bored with Cinema Paradiso, and it took me like three settings to get through this one. So, I mean, it's it's one, you know, like you guys say, it's a checklist film. One, but for me, it's a one and done for Cinema Paradiso. It's kind of like, ah, okay, I get it. Okay, I'm done, so... Yep. <laughs> okay. I I, so. I come across VHS copies of Cinema Paradiso all the yeah. time, and I'm like, I should just dive on it and check this out, but I just haven't been willing to part with yeah. that that dime just yet. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> with that dime? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh. my turn. Since Steven is on the show, let's start right off with No Country for Old Men. All right. <laughs> now, I was not a fan of this movie. I haven't watched it since uh, right around the time it came out, first on home video. And I've often talked on the show about how I'm much more a fan of the Coen Brothers' uh, comedic stuff rather than their serious stuff. They kind of lose me with that stuff. Fargo and what? I should give Fargo another chance, I guess, because everybody loves that movie so much. 
so I hit play. Well, I, what, did you you posted about it on Facebook? I think Stephen. So I was like, damn it. it was. Yeah, it was a scene. It was the scene. It was the hotel scene when um, uh, I can't think of the, any of the actors' names. The the main guy. The oh my god. Yay, Steven's old like us now. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, well he, he takes the money Javier, back to the hotel room. Javier Bardem and... Yeah, but the other guy. With the, oh, the, Thanos. Thanos? What, what, what is his name? His name is Josh Thanos. There you go. Josh Brolin. <laughs> Thanos has the... Josh, Josh Brolin. There you go. He has the, the suitcase in the one hotel and then um, Anton Sugar, he comes in and his whole scene where he turns off the light and then they have a shootout out in the streets and everything. Like It's like a six-minute scene that's just... Fantastic. That's the one I posted. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that urged me to say, damn it, I need to push play on this again and give it another chance. And um, I was loving this movie. I enjoyed... Oh, I was enjoying the hell out of it. I really was. It, much like my first viewing, I was like, man, this is so good. Everything is so good in this. It's Coen Brothers, but it's just amazing. The cinematography and everything, it just is... it. It's beautiful, and it works so well, and they build such suspense with so little, uh, not dialogue necessarily, but without so much explaining. They just do things, yeah. and you can see where things are leading. And it, oh, I, I was having so much fun watching this movie, I was just absorbing it, like, with my eyeballs, like, it, it was just feeding me. It was great. I loved it. And then, just like the first time I watched this movie... We get to, like, the last 15 minutes. And once again, is this a Carmack McCarthy movie? Yes. Well, it's I, Carmack McCarthy, but... I hate this motherfucker's endings. Because they don't <laughs> exist. It's just like, eh! Yeah. Eh! Well, let's have some old guy, and he'll just kind of say, well... Shit, that's the way life goes sometimes, and you flip the paper and let me kick my shit kickers, and, you know, sometimes it's just men are evil, and sometimes they're good, but sometimes things happen, and and sometimes they don't. And then did did roll credits, and I'm just like, motherfuck this movie, damn it! Have an ending, like commit to something, instead of just... It totally peters out, and it's it feels like it's it's that Carmack McCarthy thing. Every one of his movies, you know, things based on his books or whatever. It's Is just the road like that. I watched the road, but I can't remember how that. I the watched road that movie twice trying to like it. <laughs> that movie too. <laughs> I just, Does it have a similar type ending though? It's nothing, dude. It's nothing, and it goes nowhere. And the characters are annoying, and they don't need to be. That kid in the road. That father should, in the apocalypse, where cannibals are eating each other, social services should take that kid away from that father. That's how bad he is at being a parent. Yeah. No. See, no. See, I, th- I think the ending, it is kind of, it doesn't, like, have a necessarily a satisfying ending. For, to me, it's kind of like, you know, he's just this force of evil, kind of, and it's just like, you can't stop it. Maybe that's what he's trying to say. I, I kind of have, it's, it's, I don't know if this is going to make a comparison, if it makes sense, but it's kind of, I kind of have the feeling like after I watched um, Sicario, like I watched Sicario and I'm just like, there's, the, the war on drugs is never going to be over. It, you're never going to stop it. It's always going to be there. And similarly, I think here it's just kind of like Anton Sugar, he just, 
he represents this like evilness in the world that's just you cannot stop it. It's always going to be moving forward. I understand that. So that's that. kind of how I interpret it. I understand being, like, that, and I'm not looking. Can't stop it. I'm not looking for a satisfying ending where the bad guy gets his, yeah. or you know, I. The, you're talking about a bad guy and a, a poor guy who's trying to get away with something by doing yeah. what's not right. So I don't really give a shit about either one of them. All I'm looking for is any kind of resolution. And there really wasn't. It was just like, well, he got that guy and he did that thing. And then there was an accident. And then, then we got the old guy who's just talking about life in the vaguest of Vegas cliches. That is nothing. It's like, ah, oh, just make a, it's like, he can't it's, make a decision. Just make a decision. Do one thing or the other. Eh, all right. I will take your silence as my victory. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to add for No Country? I'll shut up. Oh, real quick on, to finish that up, I, I, I'm actually, I kid you not, I'm right, I'm about a third of the way through, uh, reading, um, one of his novels, Blood and Iridium. And I'm about a third of the way through, and a lot of the things that you're saying about kind of his just kind of meandering and kind of not having something, it's a story about this kid in the old in the, in the West. He just kind of goes from point A to point B to point C, and just terrible stuff happens along the way, but it's just very meandering. So I'll let you know how the book ends up, but so far it has that very McCarthy feel of just, we're just going. I think, I think part of my frustration with that is that the first two thirds is so good. Like, it is amazing. He has set up such a great villain and such a great story and so you care about where this is going. It's not cliche. You're yeah. waiting like what is going to happen next? And then you get to the end and it's just like, eh, they went for McDonald's. I don't know what the yeah. fuck. Story over <laughs> the end, you know? Uh, what? And then the final thing I'll say, the, the lack of music in that movie. I think there's like one time where there's just the tiniest bit of a score. Other than that, the movie is silent. And you never see that. And I, that's one of the things I love about the movie. That is cool. I, I can appreciate that too. That yeah. that scene with um, Javier Bardem and the gas station guy, where he makes him flip mm-hmm. the corner. I mean, amazing. Terrifying. Just, yeah. wow, is that good shit. But... Yeah, whatever. Can't close, in my opinion. Okay, <laughs> next up, and this uh, will not take long because I'm going to kick it over to Eugene and he'll probably carry on with it. Uh, Vietnam documentary. We got time, sir, to chat about this. I've been bringing it up on the last uh, dozen episodes here and there and uh, whatnot. But, uh, yeah, after all is said and done, this is one of the better documentaries I've ever seen in my entire life. It is a ten-part, seventeen-and-a-half-hour-plus uh, affair. It takes It's a Ken Burns joint, and he is notorious for being uh, long-winded. But I feel like this could have easily been twice as long. It felt rushed all the way through. It was just bombarding you with information in all the best possible ways. This was fantastic. Uh, and I did a Netflix purge this week where I went through my whole Netflix queue and was like, okay, there's too many things in here and time to get out, uh, roulettes that Eugene gave a thumbs down to and, uh, things I'm not interested in and yada, yada. And I came across at least three more Ken Burns documentary. He's done one on the civil war. He did one on the war, which I believe is world war two. World war two. Yeah. And, uh, I think there was one more in there. So I, it's not impossible that I might kick up one of those. Um, in the coming weeks, but 
man, was this ever well done. Um, it was very frustrating, but I think the biggest thing that I took away from it was the mindset of America in the world after World War II and how we went to fight evil, a very clear and uh, very well-defined evil. And because of that and how that war went down, it any kind of other country that it was like the notion of hey, we're going to be communist or socialist or not capitalist, was immediately viewed as, okay, here comes the next Hitler. Batten down the hatches, boys. It's time to go fight the evil again. And that is not necessarily always the case, as we have learned from the failure of Vietnam. Uh, but and that what was a just, grand failure it was. Yeah, but that, that was just kind of my takeaway from it. Like, it may have started with a well-intentioned, let's fight Hitler before he starts up again. But, yeah, that was not necessarily the reality of the situation. Also, uh, that was also, uh, they say in the doc, but that was the first time where uh, Americans started realizing, wow, maybe our government lies to us. I can't believe we're having this conversation on 9-11. Um, Eugene, over to you. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I echo everything that you said. This was absolutely fantastic. Uh, for for that, this long of a documentary... I mean, I would sometimes force myself to just take a little bit of a break and maybe watch a movie in between because I wanted to just, after a little while, it got, it was so intense. I just wanted to plow through it, but I'm glad that I took the time to really digest every single episode because everyone is so good and so follows. Like we, we go through like from the fifties all the way up to, well, all the way up to now pretty much. Uh, but especially like after the war, they really deal with, uh, like the last episode was really, really good. I finished it today, just dealing with the after effects of the war and then how Vietnam got back on, on their feet. And, uh, and like you said, the, everybody, you know, rah, 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 America. Hey, I'm an American. I love our country, but it's greatest country on earth. Like there's other countries out there too. And, you know, America can sometimes do some pretty awful shit. Uh, and this document, not to say that we're an awful country, but it's just, I don't know. It's like we're not gods, and I just—it uh, makes me so frustrated when there's, you know, the, you know, they took our job. You know, the, 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 um, I'm trying to. I don't. I don't. I want to. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice because I, I could get really. Wanna, I got you. Yeah. We don't want to be too political, but I know. We so understand. If, if here's another thing I took away from that, people often say of these times under this administration. I'm not again. I'm not getting too political. That this is the worst times we've ever had, and the most. Uh, politically divisive we've ever been as a country and the most racially divided we've ever been as a country. Bull fucking shit. Go back and watch this documentary about all the riots, the race wars, the, the looting, the, the absolute rioting, the people getting shot at Kent State just for protesting. Yeah. Trust me, shit was worse back then. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that shit is great right now. I'm just that perspective people you have to look at shit that happened before you were born all this shit happened before i was born i have to go back and look at it it's it's just amazing the difference of knowledge from oh hey now we have video cameras uh, the news media we can videotape this stuff and it's not a matter of one person's opinion or perspective that's written in a newspaper look here's the video of this horrible shit happening where we have uh now moved on to here is the internet where anybody can put up video of the shit that it's happening and it, the information has just overloaded us maybe but it's also a very good thing don't believe yeah. everything people in power tell you to believe amen yes and i also <clears throat> I, I to tie it back into with like with movies is there's many things in this 
documentary, not many, but there's several things in this documentary that actually were made into movies. The one was uh, We Were Soldiers from uh, from Mel Gibson. That was made into a movie. And, of course, Hamburger Hill oh. was made into a movie. And I am, I'm not sure how fact-based Oliver Stone's Platoon was. And I don't want to keep talking about Platoon, but it's numerous times in this documentary, I'm like, this just feels like, like when they're talking about a particular battle, I'm like, this could have been the end battle in Platoon right here. So I... And I'm sure that there's other ones too, but um, this really like made some of those movies even more powerful to know the whole story and the, just the chaos and the lies and the senseless killing. It crazy. Anyway, I agree. And um, that uh, that end battle in Platoon. Uh, um, I I said it last week that this documentary made me appreciate Platoon more yet again, and that end battle in Platoon might not have been any battle of consequence in this war. Mm-hmm. It might have, it might have just been a Thursday skirmish. Yeah. It just so yep. happened to be a bad one for this particular group of guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then a week later that that particular area was probably like they they left because it yeah. seems like there would be a big battle and then you know either the Americans would take it or the the Viet Cong would hold it and then a week later everybody's gone it's whatever it's like not a big deal like it's this plot of land whatever and it's like a lot of people died for this little hill I don't yeah war man it's bullshit yeah. is what it is um yeah you need to watch uh, Born on the Fourth of July again I that, I, I plan on it that's Definitely. one I have not seen yet uh, Born on the Fourth of July yeah. You will like it. It's a good movie. It's a great arc of that character. Wow. Uh, uh, now, I, I haven't seen this doc yet, but I mean, it's something that I want to watch. I'm, um, now, what was it? Was it Showa Eugene that one other doc that you? That was my. That's my favorite documentary of all time. Is, is does this one kind of compete with that? Yes, I mean, it in terms does. of quality and everything like that. Yes. Um, Showa, Showa is another one that I need to get watched. Showa because it was made um, a long, long time ago. It has um, even a bit more of a movie feel to it. Like it, they they filmed it with film cameras, and the documentary style that was done is so drastically different than any documentary. Uh, it's very slow paced, and like when they like it's a French filmmaker, and I, I feel bad that I don't know the the guy's name. He passed away recently, uh, but he will ask a like they how do I say it? Like they they ask a question in French, and then it's translated in like. And how it is is like I'm surprised that they did it that way because it makes the documentary even longer. But it, it works somehow. It works for this documentary, and it makes it all the more powerful because it's a little bit more slow paced. So you have so much more to digest of the Holocaust. But Shoah is without a doubt, without a doubt. Even after watching this Vietnam documentary, it is the best documentary I have ever watched. The most powerful documentary I've ever watched. But this one here would definitely be a number two. Definitely falls into number two. Uh, I haven't seen Shoah, but just what you were talking about there with the translation thing. Do you think that that was, uh, we've talked about it before, where a horror film that is in an Asian language, Asian, uh, foreign language for us, is automatically a little more scary because you feel out of place? Do you think they did that because the soldiers were out of place in another country and maybe didn't learn the language or had to use translators for the language? And so that would give you a feel like the soldiers? That could be. uh, Because he was, I mean, he's French. His name is Claude uh, Landsman, I believe. I think that's how you pronounce his name. But um, yeah, he's speaking in French. He's asking questions in French. 
and then it's answered in either German or sometimes uh, English. But it for it just for some reason the way it's done, it makes the documentary long. It t- takes longer because it's you hear the question almost like done twice. Yeah, um, I gotcha. And it's I mean it's a nine and a half ten hour documentary, and I I mean absolutely positively devastating. I will. It's one of those, I don't want to say it's a life-changing event, but it, it kind of sort of is with the subject matter because it's the be-all, end-all of the Holocaust. And I I still remember every, like, I still remember the numerous nights that I watched that vividly and the stories that I heard from that documentary vividly. And it's like, it's burned in my brain how awful it was. And I, you know, I grew up hearing about the, the Holocaust and it's like, then I watched this and I'm like, oh my God, this is... For some reason, this just puts things, much like the Vietnam documentary, it puts things even more in perspective of this shit really happened. And yes. here's how it went down. And I'm like, oh my lord. And you, especially like going, like we see, like they get footage of Treblinka. They get footage of the, of the different concentration camps. And like in Vietnam, in the Vietnam doc, you're hearing interviews from the Viet Cong, from the North, from the North Vietnamese, South Vietnamese, everybody that was involved. And in, like we see, we see, Footage that I've never seen before from Vietnam. Am I, am I right, Eric? I mean, Absolutely, and I, I've told myself multiple times while watching that documentary, like I, I texted you when I was like on episode three. It was like this just—it's amazing how this documentary is making this war real with real yeah. people and real death and real. Uh, it just that footage is just unbelievable. But in comparing the two, this and Shoah, which I have not seen, um, it's—I think there will be an emotional. Obviously, there'll be an emotional difference there because in World War II, the evil was clearly defined. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, we had people in uniforms. We knew that they were evil. It was beyond a shadow of a doubt. They were murdering, the, trying to wipe out a freaking race of people. Like, there's no doubt about the evil there. There's never been any question about it. Whereas in Vietnam, it was always a question. And it was always not, there's the enemy, go kill them. It was like, oh, I've had nightmares about the very idea of crawling down into one of those tunnels from Vietnam to try and, the booby trap tunnels, to try and find, oh, they're they're hiding in there. They're, oh, just like, there's so many, that, that war was just so awful. Oh, the guerrilla warfare that those, that the Viet Cong was able to do. I mean, they, those, I mean, they, that was, it's crazy. It's crazy what, and, and then with the American military might and dropping these bombs, it's like, they just hunkered down into, into hills. They hunkered down, then the bombs would be done, and then they would, they'd still be there. Sounds familiar. And And it's, it seemed like the last three episodes was, episodes all had kind of a similar theme where like, Okay, peace treaty. Okay, we're not going to bomb anymore. And you guys do this, and we'll do that. Great. All right, bye. See you tomorrow. And the next day, start the bombing. Like, Mm -hmm. no hesitation. Yeah. Why? Why? (sighs) Oh, well. Uh, Maybe maybe we would understand it better if we had lived back there at that time. I hate to be too, like, oh, I understand everything because I watched a documentary. You know, it's a little different when you're living it at the moment. Again, what I said at the beginning of the review with the mindset of coming out of World War II, where that evil was clearly defined. Yeah. And I guess I'll just I want to, I'll throw this in real quick. You had the Vietnam doc, the World War II doc. Um, have you guys ever heard of Hardcore History with Dan Carlin? 
I've heard of it, and I've downloaded a couple of episodes, and I just haven't got around to listening to it. It's it's not a documentary necessarily, but it's just him. Basically, he goes through and he picks various you it's know, topics in history. Yeah, um, I'm actually on part four of I think I think there's five episodes of um, Blueprint for Armageddon, which he is on World War One. So it kind of lines up here. I mean, he just kind of he sits there and just kind of goes through it. And um, so if you're interested in you know something like like those docs. This is a podcast that I would very highly recommend. So there you go. Definitely. I've heard nothing but great things about it. Eugene. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. <laughs> let's talk about some movies, please. Uh, you okay. let's, let's get us okay. off this hardcore uh, conversation and then make some well, big jokes uh, the, or some shit. The first shit. movie I'm going to uh, review is actually, uh, it's actually a pretty heavy movie, but in the best way possible. Um, it's actually, uh, and I texted you about this earlier in the week, Eric, um, and you were like, even better than this movie? And, and I'm like, oh, maybe not. But yes, this is officially my favorite movie of the year so far because I've been thinking about it nonstop since then, and that is Hereditary. Uh, Steve, have you watched Hereditary yet? I'll tell you a story of my attempt to watch Hereditary whenever you're done. Oh, perfect. Okay, <laughs> perfect. This is going to be a difficult movie to review because I will not spoil anything with this movie because I went into this movie blind because when this came out in the theater, I had just started to read a couple reviews and I'm like, ah, uh, this already feels like the movie that, a uh, type of movie that I should know nothing about going in. And it's, oh, it's like The Exorcist and like, even that, I'm like, whoa, okay, whoop, stop, done. I'm not going to read anything more. And I didn't. And uh, so I got it on Vudu. I bought the movie on Vudu. And um, I I loved this movie. This is not for everyone, but I would. I am pretty confident in saying that if you're a fan of things like um, Black Coat's Daughter and The Witch, things yes. of that nature, uh, I cannot imagine you're not going to like this. But it is... Um, it's not low key, but it is a slower movie. Like it's over two hours long, but I'm on the edge of my seat the entire two hours, not just because of what's going on on the screen, but because of the score, the director, uh, Ari Aster, he, um, he incorporates great sound effects and it's almost, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Gaspar Noe's, uh, irreversible kind of sort of in that there's an uncomfortable beat or there's an uncomfortable noise going on almost the entire runtime of this movie. Even when I'm watching things that really aren't, and this is, I'm, I'm not spoiling anything here. I'm just, it, this is kind of, you know, stating a fact of how the movie begins and how it plays out is that there's just this uncomfortable music or uncomfortable something going on at all times where I'm like, I'm never comfortable. And I love when a movie can get to me like that. And that's like the witch and Black Coat's Daughter. Those are two good examples. And even under, I would, I would throw Under the Skin in there as well of those movies that I just, the entire time I'm like, I'm, something's off. Like this feels off, but in a really good way. Um, the movie itself is, it's so damn good and so intricate and you have to really, really pay attention, but it never was like above, to me it was, it never above me to where it's like, I'm making an artsy movie and you're not going to understand it. I, I, Got it, but it was very much a you have to pay attention. And let me tell you what: when shit gets crazy in that movie, ho 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 ho! There were a couple of parts where I I laughed out loud, and it was nothing funny at all. It was just horrific. But that's how I am. I laugh at horrific shit. <laughs> but uh, I, I originally gave it four and a half, and I'm like, you know what? Uh, that's oh, I could go even higher. I love that. I love a horror movie that can really. 
that is really unique and really gets me. And that movie got me. That was. Now, I've heard people talk about, is she, is, is her, Tony, uh, is, oh, what's her last name? Colette. Yeah. Colette. It, they're talking possible Oscar nomination. She, she was, is it that she good was of a performance? Fantastic. She was fantastic. It's a horror movie. So no. Yeah. Uh, popular <laughs> movie alert. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though that, uh, I thought that the breakout performance in the movie was Alex Wolf. He was, he was so good in this movie and I, watching it, I'm like, where have I seen this guy before? And I'm like, oh, he was in the, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, the Dahmer, my friend Dahmer, he was, um, <laughs> he played John Durf Backdurf in the movie. Um, literally that's the character's name in the movie. Um, but anyway, uh, so, and I, I'm like, I remember him from something and it was that movie. He was good ish in that movie, but here, I'm like, that guy should be a big star. Like, keep that up and you're going to be a really big star because he was fantastic. But, uh, I'm so curious what you guys are going to think of that movie. I can't imagine they're not going to like it, but it's so different and it's not feel good at all. It's just damn uncomfortable for two hours. Yeah. Anyway. I would month. chime in, but yeah, I tried to watch this because it was, it wasn't playing in Canton. It was in Akron for a little bit. And so it finally came to the dollar theater. Um, this was on the tail end of my summer break. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go watch it. And I think it was like one of the last couple of days of my break. So I went up there and it was the back row. I always sit in the back and, um, there was only like four people in there. Um, so I'm in one of the back seats there. And then there's one other guy sits like, cause it's narrow. It's a narrow theater pretty much. Another guy sits right across the aisle. So we're, you know, five or six feet apart, not very far. We, the movie starts playing and this guy breaks out of bag of pistachios <laughs> that he brought from home. And I, he, he just, he get a handful out. The pistachios are rattling around in his hand and he, I knew they were pistachios. He had to break them apart. So he break them apart, eat them and just do a handful, rattle the bag around. I'm just like, at five minutes, I just, I just walked out. So I would love to tell you my thoughts on Hereditary, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. So that's a new one. Guy eating pistachios next to me in a movie theater. Um, the list of things of the, that people do to ruin movies continues to grow. So there you go. I've, I've had the guy with the uh, Hershey Kisses. <laughs> Individually oh. wrapped Hershey's Kisses. So oh. for the entire runtime of the movie, it was Russell, Russell, Russell. Found one. Yeah. <laughs> Russell, Russell, Russell. Chica, chica, it's chica. just like I don't. Uh. Uh, Eugene, yeah. another movie. Okay. Um, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> then after this, we're gonna have a lightning round. Okay. Um, Demons Two. Let's talk about Demons Two real quick because it's awesome. Lamberto <laughs> Bava's sequel to his. Equally, if not slightly, even more awesome original Demons. Uh, this one here has, uh, in exchange for the hair metal music of the first one, they do a lot more new wave type music. And it actually really works for, as a, you know, changing things up a little bit. But I've seen this movie numerous times. And for some reason, this time here, I'm like, well, this movie's officially awesome now. I don't know why. It just is. It's Maybe it's the... The girl's birthday party in this high-rise... By the way, it's demons in a high-rise building. The end. Uh, at one point, there, there's, this, there's this... That old trope. Yeah, that old... <laughs> 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 oh, at 
one point there was, there was a time there was... back in the 90s where everybody's like, well, it's demons on a spaceship, it's demons on a boat, you know. Here are demons in, a, in an apartment building, high rise. It's Die Hard with Demons. <sighs> so, so anyway, um, so there's this like 20-something-year-old Italian girl, and she's having her, it's a birthday party for herself, and... Uh, in fact, I texted you guys a picture of, like, that was her. That's her turning into a demon. Yeah. Um, but she has this, like, she is the the bitchiest girl I have seen in a movie in a long time. Like, just this obnoxious, bitchy lady. And, which, she turns into a demon, so all is forgiven. Um, and actually, she's the one. <laughs> it should have been all is explained, but no, all is forgiven. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is the one, th- this is the one where, like, in the first one, the demons come out of the movie screen, movie theater screen. In this one here, the demon comes out of the, the TV screen. Um, there's a demon puppet that, uh, actually there's this dog that turns into a demon puppet, which is brilliant. Um, and then there's this, is there a baby demon in it? Yeah, there's a baby demon, there's a baby demon in it too, that, like, sure. has this really high-pitched screaming sound, and it's almost like... It's like they look like the the bad gremlins, um, but like mm, hand puppety. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what did the bad did the bad gremlins not look puppety? Oh, they look like real beings compared <laughs> compared to to these things. But anyway, okay, carry um, on. What else? Um, yeah, there's lots of oh, and of course, I uh, I would be remiss to say that there's uh there's a scene, of course, in this high rise building. There's a fitness center, so there's you know we got our gym rats that are in their you know, real tiny little you know outfits and bulging muscles and oh, and they take on the demons and one one this one huge big roided out dude's he's doing his he's on his machine and the demon comes and starts to squash his head and 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 then that demon actually is a uh, He's a bodybuilder type demon too. So we've got, we actually have the <laughs> gym rat demon versus regular gym rat de- a regular gym rat guy and the gym rat demon wins. <laughs> I had four out of five. <laughs> Back to you, Steve. <laughs> now, is this better than the first one? Cause I really like the first one. I, I'll tell you what. Dude, I watched I, that at your place. Yeah, you did. Um, this one here is it's not quite as gory, and that's literally the only. Well, it's not quite as gory, and it doesn't have Motley Crue in it, and and it also doesn't have the. Uh, <laughs> and it, and it also doesn't have the girl that's getting that's getting cocaine snorted off of her or scraped off of her nipple. Like that's you remember that, Steve? I I do. Oh, you remember they were playing Billy Idol in the car, and they yeah. like, oh, you dropped on my cocaine, and it's like scrape it up. So. The guy in the backseat has this has this razor and he's scraping cocaine off the girl's yeah. nipple. I, and that movie had one of my favorite characters ever. It had the one guy in the theater who just sat around shushing everybody, and I was like, "That's my favorite. That's me." That's just. <laughs> and then, of course, he dies. Yeah, he gets. I, yeah, he gets ripped. Of, but I love that shirt. guy. He's like, I would watch a movie with that guy. Just shush, shush, shush everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell you, it's uh, oh, it's so great. Um, just. Lots of sweat and big muscles and oh and puppet dog demon things and yeah it's oh uh, I actually own <laughs> one two uh, I actually own three copies of that on Blu-ray <laughs> I gotta quit talking on good Blu-ray? Lord. 
I, yeah. I, <laughs> Why? Well, I so the first the first Arrow release I bought oh, God, it was limited edition with a with a comic book inside. So I bought it and I never opened it. It's sealed. And then the second one was a. The second one was a, a Steelbook UK release from Arrow that has Demons 1 and 2 on it. And then the third one is the 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 US release, the Steelbook US release from uh, Synops. So that's the one that I watch. Is The other two are collector's items. That's the one that I watch. <laughs> I accept that reasoning. No joke, I'd probably spend $150 on Demons 2. I got, okay, I'm done. I feel like a complete idiot. <laughs> Steven, one more movie. <laughs> the best part of this whole podcast is just watching you, Eric, just trying to hold it together. This is the I best part of the whole I can't episode. fucking do it. I can't do it. Just carry on. I gotta go put my kids to bed now, so... That was the best review I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> okay, are you gonna go put your kids to bed? Yep, so you can do I, sports I, freaks. Okay, I can regain my composure, maybe. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, oh, so how about them browns? <laughs> <laughs> Still composing here. Oh, there's no composing going on. I gave up. Oh. That was good stuff. <laughs> well, we don't have much time, so I gotta get some Browns takes out before I lose my freaking mind. Did you watch the game, I assume? Oh, well, uh, yeah, me and you were going on the, on the, on the oh, Facebook yeah, yeah. pages back and forth. Um, it, it's, it, it's such a weird feeling, a tie. I was, because I watched it by myself, apart from, you know, messaging you on there constantly back and forth. So I, I was just screaming and yelling and just, it's embarrassing. If someone watched me watching that game, it's embarrassing. Oh, no. Um, uh, two peas in a pod, sir. I was watching it by myself in my office, screaming and yelling at the top of my lungs. Because I, I curse a lot when I'm by myself. <laughs> I don't curse around other people. It's weird. Like, if I'm by myself, especially like playing video games or something, I, I curse like a sailor, but I don't do it around other people. I think I've learned to censor myself growing up in Amish country. Um, but it's such a weird feeling with a tie I, I think the defense was good. The offense was not. I mean, you have five or six turnovers, whatever it was. You have to win that game. Um, it's and it's just it's such a weird feeling. It's I, I'm happy and angry and disappointed all at the same time. The sports analysts have been saying, "How do you feel afterwards?" You know what the best way to yeah. describe it? Blue balls. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I got and laid, only, but nothing happened. <laughs> only the Browns could break their losing streak with a tie. Yeah. Only the Browns. I And then... My uh, takeaway from it was our defense is going to be amazing this year, but our offense still has some major problems. And it's, it's not the talent that we have on the team. It is the frickin' play calling. You got the yeah. rain out there going crazy, crazy downpour rain. And you're you're doing twelve pass plays in a row. Yeah. What is wrong with yeah. you? Then as soon as they start running the ball, like in the second quarter or whatever, they get yards. They do good. Yeah. Carlos yeah. Hyde's getting some work done. But and and it, then they screw that up because they keep giving it to him every single time. Yeah. And then I work with a bunch of Steelers fans who obviously um Todd uh, Haley was you know their Steelers offensive coordinator last year, so they're all like. It, it was it's it's always fun Monday 
at work because I work with a bunch of football fans, and a number of them are Steeler fans, unfortunately. But, <laughs> Monday's um, never fun it, for Browns yeah, fans. <laughs> it's, it's going back and forth with that whole Todd Haley thing. But, you know, and, and one thing, someone mentioned, I don't remember who I where I heard it from, but, um, you know, Tarad Taylor, he, he is JT Barrett. He's a game manager. He's not going to lose you the game, but it's not often he's going to win you the game. Yeah. And I wonder if Mayfield was in there, do we win that game? And, and who knows? Um, I have I, just, I have been very strongly that keep Baker, sit him down, let Tyrod have this year uh, until uh, the playoffs are out, until we're out of playoff contention. Then put Baker in, let him make his mistakes. And after watching that, where I'm like, this looks like Hughes' offense again. And if we're going to do that, then you might as well put Baker in. To hell with yeah. it. But uh, yeah. I think I, I'm I'm also willing to give him a month. I want to I want to see a game where it's not downpouring rain. Because that was crazy. Yeah. It was a monsoon. I'll give well, him at we'll least have, that. He'll have his chance this Sunday in New Orleans in the Dome. So Yeah. And, and then um, last night, because, you know, if I was picking, you know, had the first pick, I would have taken Darnold. And watching him last night, now he didn't light the world on fire. He didn't even pass for 200 yards. But he had the opening pick six, and he settled down, and he had a nice game. So it's kind of like, I mean, we won't know for three or four years down the road, but it's kind of like, I just hope we made the right Pick. I so, agree. I'm right there with I, you. I said the same thing. I also wanted Darnold, but this is where we're at. Um, did you? So did, did you hear the news today that the NFL apologized to us? Yeah, that tackle or that sack on uh, Roethlisberger should not have been. That was that, complete there, bullshit. I watched it over in replay. That was such yeah. crap. I was, and you know what? Like three minutes later, they tackled Tyrod Taylor exactly the same way. Yeah. And no, no, nothing. And, and same with that call on, uh, was it, I think it was Landry? The unnecessary roughness? I think that was Gordon. I think that was Gordon when he was the, the receiver out there and he like pushed him down. He got like an unnecessary roughness call on that. That was the most bogus call I've ever seen in my life. There was, yeah, it was one that should have been holding at max and then the guy tripped over yeah. his own feet and instead yeah. he got 15 yards, 15 that, yards. Absurd. Absurd. And then the freaking zebras should have been wearing black and yellow. That's all I'm saying. There were so many bad calls in that game. It's just unbelievable. Just so many bad calls. Yeah, we got like 11 penalties, and the Steelers had like 12, but we had like five declined. Yeah. That's and that's on Hugh. That's on yeah. Hugh. I can't yeah. believe that guy is still back. He what is he now? He, well, he has one. He's one win and one tie. And one. <laughs> We're getting better. We're getting better. <laughs> oh man, that is such bullshit. And without that, <sighs> uh, and with their apology of that, that wasn't roughing the passer. That that was an extra. Yeah. That would have kept them to a field goal instead of a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. That's the game. But you know what? I'm not gonna play that card of. Oh, woe is me! It shouldn't have been the the bad guys were bad. You know what? That offense. How many times did they turn you have that? That many turnovers. You gotta win. The you know who won that game? John Dorsey. In oh. my opinion. In my opinion. That how does Ward look? Holy shit, dude. It's it's so it's strange as a Browns fan to see your first round picks actually making plays. Produce? It's it's an odd feeling, but I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, how'd you do in your fantasy? I went uh one and one. Uh, I went, uh, one and two, I believe, but I have, yeah, I, I normally am only part of two leagues, but this year I'm a part of three. 
and in the our main league, I lost, and it was seriously just bad projections from ESPN. There were a couple of guys I played that got zero, and it was like, what the crap? And then that's going to be rectified, because I had guys on my bench that went off. Uh, in my second league, I it's a, a friendly league with a bunch of Browns fans that I'm friends with, and I know I... You know, when you're in three leagues, you can afford to screw around. Uh, I decided to (laughs) save them from themselves, and so I drafted all Browns players and renamed my team the Cleveland Browns. So uh, that was just to save them from themselves from drafting Browns players, because that's what they wanted to do. By the time they were going to get around to it in round five or six, I had already taken all the good ones, and so they were getting desperate. I think the only people I didn't get were Josh Gordon and the kicker, so I have... Everybody, their defense, and a Steelers kicker. <laughs> we actually have some people you actually want on your team. Again, it's nice to finally have that. Yeah. yeah. And in my new league, I actually uh, I won that one. That was on the Potato League podcast. In my one league, Tyreek Hill was on my team. He definitely helped. <laughs> that, oh, then, shut up. You just sat down. You can listen to a little bit. <laughs> then the other league, the guy, I, um, I forget who I was. I think it was yeah, Greg Miller. He had Tyreek Hill. So Tyreek Hill was taketh and giveth away, or giveth and taketh away, whatever that saying is. Sure. So anyways, yeah, there we go. Uh, Eugene's back, so we're back to movie time. That's the end of your Sports Freaks uh, <laughs> five minutes. Um, it is lightning round, guys. You get to do one movie, but you got to be quick, and then we're going to wrap it up, do Coming Soon, and get out of here. Uh, Steven's up first. Okay, um, continuing the trend of all the of, of movies that I've wanted to watch forever and never got around to. Watch this one just the other day, and kind of motivated by the last episode where you guys were talking about the hunt for Red October. I finally, yes. finally got this one checked off, and happy to say it was. Well, I'm mad at myself for waiting this long to watch it because it was a really good movie. Um, yeah, I basically uh, nothing but positive things to say here. Um, I mean, you guys have probably seen it many times and know what it's about. Um, just the, the one thing is the, the Russian guys, like, none of, I mean, I didn't really buy that they were right because it was like no actual Russian actors as the main leads and whatnot. But I mean, that's something you just, whatever. Um, but other than that, I mean, the movie was very strong. Um, big thumbs up on my end. Um, obviously the CGI and stuff is a little dated, but it's viewed so sparsely and just kind of under the water that it hides a lot of that. So just two little nitpicks, but apart from that, uh, big thumbs up. And um, just real quick tangent, do you guys plan to watch the uh, Jack Ryan Amazon show with John Krasinski? I would like to, yes. Uh, I don't have Amazon Prime, so as soon as it comes out on physical media, I'll definitely be grabbing that. I haven't watched it yet either, but uh, my brothers have, and they all seem to enjoy it. So I love Hunt for Red October. I've, that movie is fantastic. Yeah, So good. Uh, okay, for me, Crawl. I finally picked this one up on VHS, and it is still a very bizarro, weird fantasy thing that exists, and I watch from time to time. Um, it's not great, but it's entertaining for being a weird experiment of a film, so I will give it a thumbs up for that. It definitely takes chances that you don't see a lot of movies taking, especially for like fantasy movies where you don't get a lot of fantasy movies. Uh, uh, I mean, maybe you get more these days with Lord of the Ringsy kind of stuff, but there's just not a whole lot of things out there in that genre. And for being an entry into that genre, it's weird as crap, and I kind of like that. 
Uh, for me, Caged Fury from 1990. I picked this up on Blu-ray. Uh, women in Prison movie, which it's set in, it's, I guess, filmed in the United States. So, um, I like my Women in Prison movies really sleazy, and unfortunately this is just moderately sleazy. Um, the storyline is, it doesn't matter. There's lots of G-strings so far up ass cracks that you, they're like rubbing against their esophagus. Like, it's ridiculous. I'm like, like, where, and they're, they're in prison. I'm like, where are you getting your brand spanking new, admittedly sexy lingerie and G-strings? But it, you know, I'm not going to break down Caged Fury. Um, well, I, I, I've watched Orange is the New Black, so, you know, there's a uh, black market for these things. Oh, so I guess there's that. Um, Paul Smith is actually in this. He was Pluto in, uh, P- not pieces. Shit. He was in pieces. Uh, Popeye. He was in Popeye and he was oh, in pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That guy. And Red Sonja. It's, it's that guy. But he was, um, this very rapey guard guy. And, ugh, well, it, it sucked. The movie was not good. But I, ah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I like my, I, give me Elsa. Not uh, Cage Fury shit. It's, we, I needed more sleaze. It was, yep. it was, <laughs> Just scratching the the surface of sleaze. I'm like, you really need to go. I mean, go balls deep in that. Not this watered down. American it's a nice stuff. bookend. That was your roulette, and now you're ending on the same thing. Yeah. More sleaze is the is is I think that's, is what, that's, the what, I'm, that's what I'm learning this episode. That the, the sleaze factor is a it is it's stair stepped. (laughs) What's your rating? I need more. For the most part, if you just dial that, dial that up to 11 and I'm going to probably give you a pretty good rating. (laughs) Well, they can't all be Ilsa, dude. What? (laughs) They can't all be Ilsa. I know, but they they should. (laughs) (laughs) Just a thousand movies. Just throw them in the incinerator and instead we'll have a thousand Ilsa movies. Mm -hmm. Pardon? Part 1 through 50. I'll watch them all. But Cage Fury was, I mean, I'll keep it on Blu-ray, but, and I'll watch it again, but it's not good. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that there was some guy from Chips in that movie, too. He looked like he was from Chips. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's the title of this episode. Um, <laughs> okay, okay uh, Stephen, what do you have coming soon? Um, I would really love to get to the theater this weekend to watch Predator. It's not getting the best reviews so far, but I'd really love to watch it. Shane Black, I have faith in him. So, um, that and also uh, White Boy Rick are both at will be in Canton this weekend. I'd really like to get up there and watch those. So nice. I have uh, piles of VHS that I'm drowning in, uh, such as Platoon Leader. Uh, extreme justice and uh, excessive force or excessive force and extreme justice uh, whatever the case may be um, those are things that exist that I'm probably going to watch this week uh, Death Warrant Prince's Purple Rain I've never seen I'm just all over the place but it's all 10 cents a piece Eugene um, uh, like Steve I'm going to try and watch Predator actually because I got the, the new box set Predator movies I uh, got a coupon deal for a free admittance so at some point or another I'm going to try and escape to the theater to watch Predator uh, The Predator uh, of course tonight is Reanimator and um, oh, I've got all sorts of other stuff I know that Ocean's Ocean's 8 is now available for streaming and I know that my wife really really wanted to watch that so good chance that- I liked it was it good? Okay, good. Yeah, sometime yes. this weekend I'm going to try and get that watched with uh, with my wife. Um, 
I got the Jack Ryan box set, so I'm going to try and go through those. I actually started last night, but I'm going to try and watch the rest of those. Those are perfect wife material. Um, oh, but I, oh, and then I'm, for some, so for some reason, I decided I'm going to buy a whole bunch of box sets of South Park. So oh, I'm going to just, <laughs> it's just one of my, I'm like, oh, I need South Park in my life now again. So let's buy 15 episodes or 15 seasons. So I'm going to be binging South Park for a while. Oh, they're great night closers. Yeah, and that's exactly why I bought them. I'm like, I want something to, I want South Park to fall asleep to. Confession time, not a South Park fan. Oh, my God. Goodbye, that, guys. That's strike three. <laughs> Goodbye. <Wow. laughs> uh, see you next time, Eugene. See you next never, uh, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye. for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email moviefreakspod at yahoo.com Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl